1: Well, welcome back Thursday, November thirtieth, twenty twenty three. Um I am Seth Leapson, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is the number. I have Mr. Bill to my east. Where where are you? You're to my east, right? I have, I'm a little addled today. I have Mr. David Dahl, my producer to my north. I have Miss Terry Septentrional to uh, Mr. David Dahl. So over the weekend, uh, as I to- un- unveiled some of this over the last couple of days, over the weekend, I um, I had a good friend named uh, Troy Gillenwater text me and another good friend, uh, Dr. Ethan Binnoglass, uh, some pictures from the Lukeville port of entry, some pictures and video. And um, they were pictures of... Not an influx of illegal immigrants crossing the border, but something like an influx squared. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in line to be processed through customs and border patrol. Almost all of them, border protection, almost all of them not. From Mexico, Central or South America, you could tell by the, you could tell by the skin color, they were all from Africa, as it turns out, West Africa. And Troy said, "You have got to come see this. You have got to come down and see this." So over the weekend, I said, "Well, yeah, you know, okay. I, I've been covering the border here and there for some years now, and I have been to the Yuma sector uh, several times." And he said, "No, no, 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 really." Come, if not today, which I couldn't do. He said, we'll meet you later this week. We'll come down again. You have got to see this. So uh, my friend Dr. Benoglass and I got up this morning um, and we drove down to Lukeville. Now, the story, back back stepping this just a moment, let me play Mike Gallagher and tell you a little bit about how life works at the Leibson Residential Compound. Dagny, the Wonder Dog, usually wakes me up at 4 a.m. with reckless abandon because when I got her at age zero, she she worked with me on the Bill Bennett show in Washington, D.C., and I would walk her to the Bill Bennett show every morning, and we got into the studio at like 4 a.m. then or something like that. We got to the studio about two hours before airtime, which was 6 a.m. Eastern. So she's used to and was conditioned and trained like Pavlov's dogs to get up really early. <laughs> she's never changed. So by 4 a.m., she's ready to, and raring to go. So I never sleep past 4 a.m. I just can't because of the Dagny. So I was very much knowing I had to get up very early this morning because Ethan and I needed to leave at like 5 this morning to get to Aho and see what we needed to see and come back in time for this show. So I was relishing turning the tables on Lady Dagny, now 14 years old plus, and waking her up to see how she would like it. So I set my alarm for like 2 a.m. this morning. But because of the way God constructed me, I don't rely on these kinds of things, and I have an internal angst that got me up at like 1. So I gingerly thought I would creep around the house and wake up Dagny at around 2 for an extra long walk. I get up at 1, I do some work, I put her food out because I love the biblical injunction that you cannot take care of yourself with coffee, food, or otherwise until you feed your dog or your beast or your animals. So I always lay out her food in her dish, even if she's asleep, which never happens except this morning, before I make my coffee. So I quietly make her food because I wanted to do a little work and a little reading of the news before the... Sturm and drang of Dagny waking up all fresh and ready to go, even though it would be two or two thirty. So I woke her at two, and we went on an extra long walk at two this morning. And uh, I thought I would relish in showing her the turning of the tables, what it's like to be awoken from your deep slumber. She was fine with it. She was she just another day in the life. She was that's the great thing about great dogs. You can't you can't upset them.
2: You can't.
1: So anyway. Uh, Ethan and I wheeled up at 5 a.m. for Aho. Do you? Do you ha- Dolan Ellis, who has been in studio? He's the official Arizona State balladeer. Dolan Ellis is um, still going strong. We had him in here, Mister Bill. Do you remember? It was about three years ago we had Dolan in here, and we did about an hour with him. Maybe four years ago. Uh, what a legend. Um, for those of you that don't know him, he actually did a song about Ajo, and it was in my head as Ethan and I were driving to ha- Ajo. Do you want to do a little of Dolan Ullis for us, young David?
3: You
0: know, Ajo, Arizona is a little town that's 127 miles from nowhere, spelled A-J-O, pronounced Ajo, and translated means garlic. That's just down the road from Gila Bend, Arizona, the fan-built capital of the nation.
1: No Catfish in Ajo, is that what this is called? I'll just give you a moment of it. This was in my oh, head. there ain't
0: no catfish in Ajo, The catfish ain't on my mind. The Mexican border had no go, ain't covered with whisper and pine. All right, that's enough of
1: that for now. You can come back to it. So we get there, and uh, we meet up with uh, Troy and his brother Gil, Troy and Gil, Gil and Water, who were the catalysts for all this in the first place not catfish because there ain't no catfish but they were the catalysts in ajo and we drove down it's about a half hour drive uh from ajo to luke uh, the lukeville um border entry by the way yes you know we're good friends here with the luke uh auto dealer family luke air force base family lukeville is named after frank luke jr by I the way no idea yeah 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 and that fun Uh, So uh, salute to uh, Don and Deborah and their family. Anyway, we get to the border, and there it is. There's these throngs of people lined up, all clearly from Africa and, as it turns out, West Africa. Countries like um, Guinea, countries like Senegal, countries like Gambia, countries like Sierra Leone, and they are just there quietly waiting to be processed by the CBP, Customs and Border Protection Services. Um, Why? What word describes this? The word that describes this is banal, as in Hannah Arendt's use of that phrase, because it was just so ho-hum, so ordinary, nothing exciting. There were not sirens. Everyone was calmly, just patiently waiting the process of what was going on. These illegals from West Africa— lined up to be processed by cbp now what does that mean to be processed in a normal country you would think it means that these people will have their names taken their fingers printed and then returned somewhere not here that's not what it means anymore in joe biden's america that is not what it means that is definitively not what it means what it means is these people will be processed The names will be taken. The names will be taken. That's an interesting phrase. Because how do you get their names? Check their ID, you may say. No, no. No, no. Most of them don't have ID. They ditched it at the gates that they crawled through and walked around. Why did they ditch it at the gates they crawled through and walked around? You let your imagination run wild on that one. They can be whoever they want to be. They can be, you know... Johan or whatever from Sierra Leone or whatever they want to be, and the reason one, the main reason, the main reason they ditch their IDs at the board at the at the at the wall, and in the desert, is because they they may be on a watch list, they may have been processed and arrested and turned back before, perhaps by the previous administration, they may have a criminal record here from some other. From some other time here, they may have a criminal record on some international database, Interpol or what have you. They can be whoever they want to be. How do I know they're from West Africa? Two reasons. Um, CBP will tell you. Three reasons. CBB will tell you. CBP will tell you. Um, Second, there was one lonely reporter there who had studied this thing to within an inch of its life for who I think she's been here like about a year and a half. But she had been studying this thing for the last 72 hours closely, got a lot of great video footage, Ali Bradley. And we'll talk to her later in the show. I asked her if she is so chock full of information. And then the third reason, you know, they're from West Africa is when you go down just a little further into the desert, you see all their ditched ID. They ditched their ID. We'll talk more about this when we come back. Welcome back to The Seth Leapson Show. I know there's a lot of news. We'll get to all of it. I know there's Henry Kissinger's passing. There's the debate tonight between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom and more. I want to just finish the laying out of my trip to the border this morning. There's another part of this backstory. I don't know if this ever has happened to you. Um, For some reason, yesterday, for some reason, I looked up – I don't know why – Do you guys have homes with smoke detectors in the ceilings? And I have like, I don't know, five or six or something like that. And I never pay attention to them. For some reason, I looked up and was just wondering about one of them yesterday and thinking, you know, the biggest pain in the you-know-what is when these batteries or whatever wear down because the noise is discordant at best and impossible. They're impossible to fix. They're impossible to fix. I had this moment yesterday for no reason. Anyway, so I knew I was leaving Dagny alone this morning for an extended period of time. Now, Dagny being 14 is very hard of hearing, but there is a sound that a dog will hear. (laughs) The high-pitched, loud, staccato sound of a chirping (laughs) smoke detector that's battery needs replacing. So when I got home rushing in to make sure that we didn't have any accidents, what did I find? A chirping fire alarm. Yes, yes. That's this. I couldn't have been thinking of lottery numbers yesterday, right? I I conjured up the broken fire alarm, and Dagny was very patient. There were no accidents, and she was delighted to see me. Anyway, so I get to the border, and uh, and not only does this very helpful reporter Allie Bradley um, is she lonely? There's no one else there. There's one guy from a Tucson channel who was there to be fair but she was clearly parked there and had a camera you know had a cameraman and a producer and everything and they she had been she was so helpful and i've been in a lot of these situations where you see um a news reporter with a tv camera and it's always a question do you want to approach them and say hi to them collegially during a break or not because they you know they're working uh, so we, we just kind of waved and saluted. And she couldn't have been more friendly and outgoing and came to us. She wanted us to hear what she knew. And she, again, we'll have her on later in the show. And she knew a ton. She knew a ton. And she gave us Border 101 of what was going on. And um, I, you'll hear some of this in the third hour from her. She's a great reporter. If we can get in touch with her, I think we can. Um, I, cell coverage is a little spotty down there. But it's a nightmare, folks. It's a nightmare. And what you need to know is that this is happening every day. This is happening not with hundreds of people but thousands. What you need to know is that they are not being detained. They are being processed, which means they are being released on their basically own recognizance, on the promise that they'll show up at some hearing at some future date, which may be a month from now and maybe four years from now. Now you understand the expression oceanfront property in Arizona because that's about the same guarantee you get with them showing up. After we give them, in some cases, cell phones so that we can tell them when to show up, how else would they know? And in some cases, the equivalent of an EBT card with a couple hundred, few hundred bucks on it so that they can, when they get to Tucson tonight or wherever their ultimate destination may be on their own recognizance, they have some money to spend. Money that is not, by the way, being given to them and deposited into their debit cards by their countries of origin, Gambia or Sierra Leone or Senegal. No, money that people like you are putting into their credit cards. By the way, these countries, just in case you cared, because they're not countries we hear a lot about usually, Senegal, Gambia, Guinea. Eighty five plus percent muscle. Just FYI. Just. So, you know. All right. Rob is in surprise. Hello, Rob.
2: Oh, hi, Seth. Uh, I, I heard Aho, and I couldn't resist. As you know, I, I lived there for about three years. Well,
1: what a beautiful uh, town square it
2: has. I have to. Why oh, were you does.
1: holding back? It is a beautiful uh, town square.
2: Well, it is, and you and have the train
1: depot. You have a Mexican food restaurant. You have an art gallery. Yeah. What looked like a pretty ample library. Yeah,
2: true. Um, but, and and a lot um, of neat
1: Spanish Moorish
2: architecture.
1: Well, that's right.
2: I uh, that part was nice. So and the Muslims will feel people...
1: right at home. By the way, when they get
2: there. Well, I guess that's the only thing I don't think they have is, is a uh,
1: no, uh, not in Senegal. Muslim,
2: no yeah. Um and I'm just wondering how many of those people actually speak English, period.
1: No, um, they don't. No, I don't no yeah. no they don't. Um but the, they, they had French, books. I think. Yeah.
2: Huh? <laughs> I, the, a lot of well like Senegal I think they speak French.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well for sure for sure that would be true of uh Guinea. I uh French Guinea. A lot of these were French colonies. And yeah, yeah no, Arabic, French, and whatever yeah. the other languages are.
2: Yeah. What Now, were they mostly male?
1: I would of say there was age? a mix. I saw a lot of males. I would say, you know, I'm mean, going to have some of the guys I went with, Troy and Gill on in the show later, and I'll ask them. Uh, I would say maybe 65%-ish were male, young males, young adult males, oh. like yeah. 20 to 35-year-olds
2: and and those ids yeah. did they leave them on the mexican side no
1: no 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 we didn't go to the mexican side no 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 these are scattered and festooned throughout the desert these are oh, I, this I, is a litter this is a this is an environmental disaster by the way because they oh, are littering all over the place all over the place mm-hmm. for people that for people that you know want to talk about the inhumanity of a wall or a border or whatever that's enforced uh, they're usually environmentalists. This is an environmental catastrophe. This is a place oh, sure. festooned. It looks. It looks like something from a, an anti-littering campaign picture.
2: Yeah, and there's there's really nothing. I mean, other than uh, uh, Organ Pipe National Monument there, uh, which we that, drove through. Because, yeah, right. Yeah, you, yeah, ha- we, you have to drive through so, to get
1: to the border. Right.
2: That, that's right. And so I don't know. Are these guys just hoofing it? walking 40 miles to off oh or no or- no oh no 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 no
1: no that would be cruel we provide bus transportation there are these white buses and van they're like the mixed i don't know what you call these these bus vans um yeah you've seen them you, you know sure. yeah i don't know yeah. what they're called. They're like mini rvs kind of anyway yeah. no no they get transported from there to various destinations no 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 hoofing, that would be cruel
2: Oh yeah, okay, okay. I'm I'm seeing more now. We used to have illegals, uh, and the police would come by in Tahoe. Well, we, we saw if some, saw so one.
1: yes, that's another element to this story. We saw driving home, just south of uh, mile marker. I think it was mile marker seventy. If memory search Anyway, we saw four young boys, three young boys, three young boys. Yeah. By young, I mean like ten in camouflage oh, and. Uh, running across we almost hit them we almost tragically we almost hit them we didn't uh what, yeah. we, what we did do is flag down what troy did uh, was flag down a uh a cpb agent to uh notify yeah him. it's awful think- it's awful rob it's oh, awful yeah. and yeah and you feel for these people too i don't mean this oh i know in a callous sense this is a sad situation no.
2: Well, we're we're actually busing uh, the Mexican kids up to the school. If you want to hold, uh-huh. you're
1: welcome to. I'm going to have Debbie Lesko on real quick, but if you want to join us afterwards, you're welcome to. Either way, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It is a privilege to welcome back to the show Debbie Lesko, Congresswoman representing Arizona's 8th Congressional District. And this is a uh, a flood of friends here. Debbie, we have you on the phone and in walked, I think, a mutual friend of ours as well, a good friend of mine, Sam Stone. So he's with us as well. How are you, Debbie?
4: Great. How are you doing, Seth and we're, Sam? We're do- I hope you're all doing well, and I hope everyone had a... Very happy Thanksgiving.
1: You bet.
3: We we did, and we hope the same happened for you and your family. And thank you so much for all the work you've been doing. Because uh, we all know you're still working hard every day right through the end of your term, and we appreciate it.
4: Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we just got off the floor voting, and so uh, you know th- today we voted against uh, funding for Iran and want to impose the uh, sanctions in Iran because the Biden administration is so weak in Iran. So
1: Republicans passed it
4: out of the House. We'll see what happens in the Senate.
1: Wonderful, Debbie. Thank you. I want to talk to you specifically about two things, if I can, and Sam will join me in this because um, uh, he's he's as expert as we are on, and, and more so than I am, certainly, in some respects. First of all, this electric vehicle fiasco. Can you say a word about this and the taxpayers here, Debbie, please?
4: Yeah, you know, this is um, this is the Biden administration and the Democrats mandating um, all electric vehicles. As ma- many of your listeners probably already know, under Biden's EPA, there is a proposed uh, tailpipe emission rule that would effectively mandate that 67% of all cars and uh, light-duty trucks and 25% of all heavy-duty trucks that are manufactured by 2032 be all electric. And uh, this is insanity, okay? It's insanity for a few reasons. First of all, the car dealers have told me and are telling Biden that, People are not buying EVs. They used to be a waiting list at the beginning, but now they say these EV electric vehicles are sitting on their lots. They can't sell them. They have to discount them. They're losing money on it. The second thing is there's not enough charging stations. So people, that's one of the reasons people aren't buying them. And even though Biden and the Democrats passed this infrastructure bill with $7.5 billion in subsidies for new EV chargers, a new report just showed that no charger has been constructed from that program. And then, you know, the demand on the electric grid is going to go up at the same time that Biden wants to get rid of baseload energy like natural gas. And it's a gift to China because China is the one that refines most of the lithium that's needed for the batteries and the other critical minerals. And then on top of that, just recently, the Texas Public Policy Report said taxpayers are on the hook for $50,000 for every electric vehicle sale. Unbelievable.
3: You you know, Congresswoman, uh, it it is unbelievable. And I'm sure you you may have seen the Bank of America report that came out today or yesterday on on energy issues that shows that if you take away all the subsidies, the equivalent cost to charge your electric vehicle to get as much power as you get from a gallon of gas – is seventeen dollars and change. Seventeen dollars yeah. and know, change.
4: Well and and it's just this um I don't know. It's like a religion with some of these liberals. There's some Democrats uh, that have introduced legislation here in Congress that would say that anybody can legally immigrate to our country if their country is experiencing climate change. Well, in their view, climate change is everywhere, right? So that means the entire world. Should be able to legally immigrate into the United States. I mean, I saw the it this morning I, is over the top.
1: I saw it this morning. I was in Lukeville at the Lukeville uh, port of entry this morning, Debbie. By the way, Congresswoman, do you have time? Wait, this was a short. Do you have time to stay with us a little bit longer? Or do you got to run? I sure do. Great, because we have. We'll take a quick commercial break and come back and talk a little bit about this other expertise of both yours and Sam's. The border. So I went down. I was telling the audience earlier. I went down early this morning to go see what was going on at the Lukeville uh, Porter uh, Port of Entry, and it is the rest of the world. This this was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from West Africa. I'd like to talk with you both about that when we come right back. I'm Seth Leibson. He is Sam Stone, and Debbie Lesko's. On. I need. I got up so early. I need the reinforcements. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I have in studio with me our dear friend uh, Sam Stone, and on the phone uh, our equally dear friend Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, representing Arizona's Eighth Congressional District. We're talking about uh, electric vehicles and that contrata, but we're going to talk about the border, too, in a moment. Uh, Debbie, uh, Congresswoman Lesko, if you don't mind, Sam wanted to share one more thing on the electric vehicle scandal before we transition
3: to the border, because it's kind of an interesting way to transition it. C- Congresswoman, Sounds great. there's a study that came out about a year and a half ago or so that shows that if we're electrifying the fleet by 2030, the way they're talking about 2035, Every truck stop in America will require as much or more power as a large town or a small city. But there's no plan. Is there, do Democrats pushing this have any plan to, to actually produce that power to do this? Or are they planning on just leaving everyone high and dry?
4: Well, it, and it's even worse than that, Sam. So thank you for bringing this up because at the same time that they want to put every single vehicle. Uh, on the electric grid by having them plug in somewhere Uh, they want to biden is just adamant about taking away american-made oil and gas so doesn't want right now in arizona the majority of our electricity is produced at plants that use natural gas it's a base load energy it's constant right and so they want to take that away You can't use that. But at the same time, everybody plug in their vehicle and truck throughout the entire world, Uh, you know, and so it makes absolutely no sense. But they don't care. They don't care. They just push this agenda because they're obsessed about it.
3: You know, there's an I I, Seth, I see this and Congresswoman, I'm sure you see it even closer than I do every day. There is an endemic lack of seriousness on the left right now when it comes to policy. Even the things they're pushing, they're not serious about how to execute them. And and that is really making this entire political – like how do you – Congresswoman, how do you have a discussion with these folks when they're not talking about things in the real world and, and the challenges that they're actually going to face to implement their own ideas? It's just insane.
4: Yeah, and it it's very frustrating here in in Congress because it seems like we talk past each other. Um there are a few democrats that are reasonable. Um they, it changing subjects a little bit, but I'll give you an example. Today we're in a hearing with a CDC director, right? And I asked the CDC director, is there it, 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 are cloth will cloth masks prevent somebody from getting COVID-19 and she was like yes and I was like okay um, you know even though the openings in the cloth masks are bigger than the size of COVID-19 and a Democrat, a Democrat uh, from California, said, "Well, I think that's a legitimate question, and you didn't give a good answer to the CDC director." So I was like, "Every once in a while, you get a Democrat that actually listens and agrees with you, um, but it's pretty rare."
3: We, we've got a CDC director who apparently uses chain link fence as mosquito netting. <laughs>
1: Well, the, I thought we were done with, uh, with cloth masking uh, as, an, as a concept here for mitigation two, two, at least two years ago, Debbie. This, this NPR was putting out stories on this. Michael Osterholm, who was one of the most famous epidemiologists in the country before Anthony Fauci came on the scene said, and, and a Democrat and an advisor to Joe Biden, said cloth masks don't work. They need to go outside and come back in and get their stories straight, don't you think?
4: Well, I tell you what on the CDC site they still talk about, you know, cloth masks. Oh, now they say that other ones are better like the N95 is sure. the best and then surgical masks, no. but they still have cloth masks um on there saying that they that that you know, they they work well. We have so, we and have a, said it. Yeah, well,
1: it. We have a secure. We have a director of Homeland Security who says the border is secure. We have a president who says the border is secure. I went down there this morning, as I was mentioning earlier, Congresswoman Lesko. Uh, hundreds, and by the end of the day, it will be thousands. And they are not from Mexico. They are not from Central or South America. This group, and has been for days on end now, West Africa. This is and 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 they are not being detained, they're being processed, and you know what that means, don't you? It means that they are given a name, any name they want, by the way, because they can come up with any name they want, because they ditch their ID at the fence they, at the wall they, they break through, and and then they're released into into society at large, wherever they want to go, with a promise that, on their own recognizance that they'll come back for a hearing when we get to it. This is insanity, Debbie. I'm sorry, Congresswoman.
4: Well, it 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 is insanity, and it's a national security risk because, as you know, uh, there I think it was 161 people or 169 people in the last fiscal year that they caught that were on the terrorist watch list. You know, so of all of these people coming over, we don't know who they all are. They could give a fake name. Um, and we don't know where they're living. We don't know where they're going. And on top of it, taxpayers are paying to transport them a lot of the time. And uh, now you have Democrats sponsoring legislation that basically everybody should be able allowed into the country if there's climate change in their country because apparently it's an existential threat to them. So they should all come to America, even though if it's if it's a worldwide problem, it, it, it makes no sense because they would die here too right? But, uh, you know, it, it's insanity, and it makes no sense. It's a huge national security risk. And that's why Republicans keep passing legislation in the House, because we only have control over the House. We don't have control over the Senate. We don't have control over the presidency. So we can only do what we can do. We passed legislation back in May that would implement the policies that Trump had in place that just automatically reduced the amount of across the border like remain in mexico meaning that you have to remain in another country while your asylum claim is being processed you can't go into the country of the united states and just go anywhere you want that would automatically reduce it and i tell you what our, our speaker of the house mike johnson as uh, is, is talking with the republicans in the senate and now they are on board we are going to use whatever leverage have in order to get border security so if this if biden wants ukraine funding we're going to attach border security to it and and uh senator thune the whip over in the senate uh was at a meeting we had and he's agreeing with it the the senate republicans are standing with the house republicans and and i hope we stick with it
3: thank you I I guarantee you, Congresswoman, both of us here in the studio and everyone listening out there right now has our fingers crossed for all of you to, to get that done. Because, Seth, I didn't really run the numbers, but if you think about it, Biden has now let one out of every 50 people in this country has come here illegally under Joe yeah, Biden. No, that's
1: right. At the rate we're going, 10 percent of the country will be an illegal immigrant within a couple of years. Yeah. Debbie Lesko, God bless you and Godspeed to you. Thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you so much, Seth. And thank you, Sam.
1: Congresswoman, Uh, pleasure speaking with you. Sam and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone was in the neighborhood. He's usually with us on Thursday, so we dropped by and we're glad to have him in studio. He has his own radio show. Heard every Saturday at uh, 3 p.m. Uh, Breaking Battlegrounds, great show, great guests all the time, and he's a political consultant in town. We didn't get a chance in my first hour thus far to make mention of the thing everyone's been talking about all day, which is the passing of Henry Kissinger. I have to tell you, um, it's a little much. Uh, long life um, and public servant, yes. Um, maybe the most famous of secretaries of state, but I have to tell you, for many, many – I met him once – for many, 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 many things, I don't know that the advice he gave and the advice that he gave that was taken was always such a net positive. I have never seen a public servant who has gotten away – with um, more accolades for less good service for the project of the West and democracy and human rights than Henry Kissinger. I have to say, you know, rest in peace, public servant, life well lived. But, you
3: know, it's a little much, Sam. It's a little much for me it's a lot much for me seth and and I, I i get i come from maybe a more extreme perspective on henry kissinger than most people but i am to say i'm not a fan is coming up way short of of my feelings on mr kissinger and obviously i don't you know this makes me a little it's a little uncomfortable cuz i don't like talking bad about people when they die right um We're not not saying anything probably about him that we didn't say when he was alive. Whenever I was asked about him, I would say the same thing. I'm definitely not. Um, I think he was someone who made one mistake after another and helped destabilize the world for the better part of 50 years. I think he destroyed Cambodia. His mistakes in dealing with China were extreme. Uh, I think you can look around the globe. I can't point to where I agree with him on anything he did. And so, you know, look, I I do get it. And and he did live a very long life. He dated some incredibly beautiful women in his younger years. I give him that. He was he was that guy was a player. You know who he didn't date the media said he dated was
1: tina louise and she wrote a public letter to the los angeles times when the media put a report out that he had dated her have you seen this young david it's a beautiful letter if we have a chance to get to it i'll do it it's very funny i'm going to show it to sam at the top (laughs) of the hour break i I want to talk can we do more border in the next hour Oh, i'd love to i'm going to have joining us um uh troy and and, uh and uh gil Gil Gillenwater, who are down in ajo who gave us the tour that we saw today so if you'll stick around love to have your Thoughts oh, on absolutely. It well. it's, I, I'm glad you saw it up close. It's incredible. Nothing like I imagined, nothing like a camera will do justice. Sam Stone and I and the Gilden Waters will be right up.